Chapter 22 of The Romance of Modern Astronomy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Taylor Newfer. The Romance of Modern Astronomy by Hector McPherson. Chapter 22 The Fire Mist. Perhaps the most remarkable objects in the heavens are the hazy celestial clouds known as nebulae, or, as they have been picturesquely called, the fire mist. Even with the unaided eye, two of the most famous nebulae in the heavens are partly visible. On a clear winter's night, the middle star of the sword of Orion is seen to be somewhat hazy, and even a small-hand telescope will show it as a cloud on the dark background of the sky. This is the famous object known as the Great Nebula in Orion, considered by all astronomers to be one of the finest sights in the heavens. Similarly, a keen eye will detect a hazy spot of light in the constellation Andromeda, which the smallest optical power resolves into a nebula. These are the two most famous nebulae in the heavens. The Andromeda Nebula is the more easily seen without telescopic aid, Yet the other is considered by far the grander object of the two. Even in a small telescope, the Orion Nebula is certainly the more interesting and awe-inspiring. It was first observed by a Swiss named Sist in 1618, and it is somewhat remarkable that it was not discovered by Galileo. The first observation on it was made by Huygens, who described the Great Nebula as follows. In the sword of Orion are three stars quite close together. In 1656, as I chanced to be viewing the middle one of these with a telescope, instead of a single star, twelve showed themselves. Increase of telescopic power has shown the Orion Nebula to be more and more complex, until today it is known to be part of a mighty nebulous system, enveloping the entire constellation of Orion. Another of the diffused nebulae not visible to the unaided eye is that known as the North America Nebulae in Cygnus. This nebula was discovered by Dr. Wolf, who was so impressed by its resemblance to the map of North America that he gave it the name which it has retained ever since. The Great Nebula in Andromeda is a much less diffused mass than that in Orion. Its distance from the solar system seems to be very great. One of the ablest of modern astronomers has calculated its possible diameter, and he finds it to be so great that light would require many years to pass from one side of the nebula to the other. It has been calculated that if, on a map of this object, we were to lay down a map of the entire solar system drawn to scale, it would be a mere speck compared to the nebula. What are the nebulae? In the end of the 18th century, the general idea was that the nebulae were all star clusters, too far away for the stars composing them to be visible separately. Herschel, after sharing this view for some time, came to the conclusion that the nebulous light was not of a starry nature, but was composed of huge masses of glowing gas. There was nothing, however, to prove beyond doubt the correctness of his view. And even Sir David Brewster in 1854 in More Worlds Than One declared that increase of telescopic power would resolve all the nebulae, which, in his view, were all star clusters at enormous distances. Herschel's son, Sir John Herschel, also shared this view. 
Telescope after telescope was turned on the nebulae with the hope of resolving them into stars, but the attempts proved futile. The gigantic reflector erected by the Earl of Rosset at his estate in Ireland in 1845 was turned to the nebulae in the hope that at last they would be resolved into stars. Lord Rosset himself considered that he had partially resolved the Orion Nebulae, and that a little increase of telescopic power would prove beyond all doubt that it was a star cluster. The refractor of Cambridge, Massachusetts, USA, was said to have also accomplished the resolution of the nebulae. Only five years after Kirchhoff's discovery of the principles of spectrum analysis, Sir William Huggins, on August 29, 1864, turned the spectroscope on the nebulae in Draco. The spectrum showed that the nebulae were a mass of incandescent gas. In Sir William Huggins' own words, these nebulae are shown by the prism to be enormous gaseous systems. He then observed the Orion Nebula and showed it to be also gaseous. After all, Herschel had been right and other astronomers wrong. Huggins also proved that the Ring Nebula in Lyra and the Dumbbell Nebula are gaseous. The spectra of the Great Nebula in Andromeda and the Great Spiral Nebula are more complicated, and they are considered to be in a further stage of their existence than the Great Nebulae in Orion. There are various shapes of nebulae. Some, like the Andromeda Nebula, are elliptical. Others, like the Ring Nebula in Lyra, annular. Others round like planets and known as planetary nebula. Others widely diffuse, like the nebula in Orion and the nebula surrounding Eta Argus. Others spiral, like the nebula in Cain's Venation, and many other varieties. Some years ago, the late Professor Keeler, director of the Lick Observatory, devoted himself to nebular astronomy. The results which he gained were striking. On one occasion, he was photographing a certain nebula in the constellation Pegasus, and was amazed on developing the plate to find that not only the nebula but 20 others had been photographed. In the constellation Andromeda, he actually found 32 nebulae reproduced on a small photographic plate. This shows the immense number of nebulae. He considered with the Crossley Reflector, the instrument with which he made his observations, 120,000 new nebulae would be visible, half of these probably spiral. More recently, Professor Turin of the same observatory announces that probably 300,000 nebulae are within reach of the same instrument. The gaseous nebulae in the heavens are to be counted by thousands. We cannot measure the distance from us to any of them, and therefore we are unable even to estimate their size. Sir Robert Ball, writing on the Great Nebula in Orion, says, As the eye follows the ramifications of the Great Nebula, ever fading away in brightness until it dissolves in the background of the sky. As we look at the multitudes of stars which sparkle out from the depths of the great glowing gas, as we ponder on the marvelous outlines of a portion of the nebula, we are tempted to ask what the true magnitude of this object must really be. The only means of learning the true length and breadth of a celestial object depends upon our having first discovered the distance from us at which this object is situated. Unhappily, we are entirely ignorant of what this distance may be in the case of the great nebula in Orion. We shall, however, certainly not err on the side of exaggeration if we assert 
that the great nebula must be many millions of times larger than that group of bodies which we call the solar system. We can form no idea of the appearance of the nebula at close quarters. We can say that planets are globes like the Earth with days, nights, seasons, and years. We can assert that the stars are suns like our sun, probably with planets revolving around them. We can even form some idea of what the scene must be at the center of a star cluster. But in the case of a nebula, our imagination fails. Their immense size, their enormous distance from our system, and the mighty changes which are believed to be progress in their midst show us in a new light the insignificance of the earth and increase our astonishment when we remember that only 300 years ago our little planet was believed to be the center of the universe. Many telescopic observations have been made on nebula in the hope of determining whether, like the stars, they have a proper motion, but all these attempts have been futile. Professor Keeler, however, was successful in measuring the velocities of 10 nebulae in the line of sight by means of the spectroscopic method. He found a well-known nebula in Draco to be moving towards the solar system at the rate of 40 miles a second, and the Orion Nebula to be receding at a rate of 11 miles a second. Thus, the mighty fire mists are sailing through space on an endless journey, just as the stars and the comets are. We cannot fully comprehend the meaning of our own thoughts when we reflect that an enormous diffused mass of gas many times larger than the solar system is in rapid motion through the depths of space, covering 40 miles in one second of time. Truly the universe is more wonderful than we can comprehend. End of chapter 22